Hi, this is Tim and welcome to Talks with Tim. And today I wanted to share with you some great business tips that I ran across on LinkedIn. Dave Borsky is celebrating his eighth year in business. And when I saw this post, I just thought this is some great solid advice that everybody needs to know. So I asked Dave if he minded if I borrow some of it, and he said sure. And hopefully he doesn't mind that I really am going to borrow all of it because it is that good. But Dave says, eight years ago today, I left a great job to pursue my dream of starting a business. It's been a winding road with lots of challenges, victories, and defeats. Popcorn list of things I've learned since then. And first, Dave is right, even in that little bit, is there are so many rewarding moments of owning your own business. And there may be just as many defeats, but your successes will be built on those. And that would be my first thing is when you fail, don't walk away. I mean, really, you've got to be able to look at what how you failed acknowledge your failure and then yeah figure out how to improve and move on and we've we've talked about that some but i don't think you can ever really talk about that enough but the next thing the first one he says is payroll doesn't happen with just a push of a button and he is so right about this uh you know and actually there's many different ways you can even interpret this first of all payroll doesn't happen with a push of a button especially when you have no money in your account to actually do payroll. And that is a very common situation for any new business. Uh, you know, at probably Amber and I's worst, when I say worst, actually it was because we were trying to get through a job. You know, Amber probably, we probably didn't get paid for about six months. And you've got to be ready for that. And there are many ways to be ready for that. Hopefully you have some money saved up. Honestly, though, Amber and I didn't. But really, we probably should talk a little about how to manage cash flow. Because, yeah, that's when I read this, that's what the first thing I think of is, yeah, that worry of, you know, hey, especially if you have employees, we've got to pay them. You know, and while Amber and I, we can go without a paycheck for six months maybe because, we have a vested interest in this company, you can expect your employees to do that. And it's, it's very important that they realize that they have job security. So it can't be, well, I don't know if we're going to get payroll this week if um, we don't get this project done. It can't be that way. I mean, they've got to, you know, well, they got to love their job. Hopefully they love their job, but it can't be a worry thing that keeps them going. It, it's got to be, a, you know, hey, we're doing a great job here and we want to get this project done because, you know, we love this company. That's That may be worth expanding on. I, I may have to put that on the list. But also along with that, you know, payroll doesn't have a push a button. You know, you have taxes and all types of other crazy things that you need to learn about that have to happen before you can do payroll. And that is not something we cover on here, but I will tell you that it's a lot of pain in the rear stuff. His next one is annual health insurance premiums for a self-employed family is on par with paying a nice paying cash for a nice two-year-old Honda Accord every year. Well, I don't know about that, but let's just see. Let's Google two-year-old Honda Accord. Mm. 
All right, so, yeah. Yeah, they're a little high, but yeah, they yeah, know $20,000, $25,000 by the time you um, haggle with these guys, yeah. He is probably right. Probably a two-year-old car is about what you're going to pay for your health insurance premiums. And just to compound, his next one here is premiums don't cover your deductible. And there are lots of services not covered. And this is something that you need to be aware of is, you know, you're in a job right now, maybe that you have benefits is really, you. it's got a little better now, but health insurance is still a difficult thing to navigate. You know, I've, we've talked many times that Amber and I quit our jobs when we were six months, or not six months, we were eight months pregnant with our first child. And, you know, even that transition, we, we knew we needed health insurance. Well, first of all, I had no clue how much health insurance was. And it, it was insane. I mean, really, it was insane, period. That's all I can say about it. And we weren't prepared for that. And even now, we're, we're on a high deductible plan. And chances are, if you're self-employed, you probably will be too. Because that, that does help keep your premiums down. And hopefully, you know, that also gives you incentive to try to be healthy. And, you know, there's that, again, that's probably something for a completely different podcast. But there are, you know, you have a deductible. And it's probably, you know, six, maybe even $10,000 before your insurance kicks in. And even then, there's other things like, Amber and I, we actually don't have prescription plan because we've never been able to find an economical prescription plan. And so we have to pay for that. And then, you know, there's co-pays. And then there's there's just, there is a lot there that you may not realize you're going to have to mainly juggle, if anything. Even if, I mean, it is about the money, but it's not all about the money. Some of it is just juggling all these things. Like already we're juggling payroll. We're juggling insurance. I mean, there's a lot of things there. His next one is finding good partners and suppliers is critical to your early growth. And he is absolutely right on this one. And what I would say is your best partner or supplier may not be even, how do I put this politely? Um, it may not be the big guy that you think should be able, you know, to you should be able to have a relationship with and it'd be beneficial. It also may not be that company that currently is the big supplier for the company you work at. There are, you know, different vendors go after different clientels. And sometimes you can be at a big company and that's where the vendor has their eyes on. And you quit and you become somebody smaller. Well, you're not really in their their focus group so you can quickly get left behind also i'd expand on this and say it's not only the vendor that you seem to be able to work with make sure you find vendors and suppliers and customers whose values match yours because if you find someone that has similar values to you and just similar chemistry the projects are going to go smoother they're going to be looking out for you more, and yeah, you, you need to make sure you look out for them. Next, Dave says, you need a lot of money or access to it to make big projects run before the client pays you. You know, this is the only one that I won't say I disagree with Dave on, but I, I do think that the client can have a little more skin in the game early on because 
Now, Dave's right. It takes a lot of money to get the to get projects going, and you know, never mind just the project itself, is all the little things that you have to have for your particular, um, however you're doing, whether you're building panels or whatever you're doing, there is a lot of stuff that you've got to purchase. And what I do see a lot of co um, companies do, especially when they're starting out, is they don't have the boldness to ask the client to put money up front. And I think this is an important part. And I, honestly, I think any client with any bit of financial sense about them will quickly agree to it because really if you are worried about paying bills and maybe purchasing items for their project and trying to squirm around and make those numbers work, then you don't have your full attention on the success of the project. You're just trying to get a machine out there. So I would say that you need to at least, on a bigger job, you need to at least get your parts covered. And that's probably worth a podcast. I'll, I may have to put that one on the list. It probably would be a good one to do. So his next one is, and yeah, this one is important, is nobody can sell your business as well as you can. And he's absolutely right. You know, I think I see a lot of businesses, I don't see this as much in automation. It's probably more of your mainstream businesses as they see successful companies and they're like, yeah, I want to do that too. And they're like, okay, so yeah, I need this person, this person, this person. I hire all of them, I put it all together and yeah, we'll have a great business. Well, no, you've got to be willing to put in the hours and learn everything you can about things that really you probably aren't that good at. I mean, I, I've shared so many times. I, I am a horrible salesperson. I, I, can, I can do the work. I can build equipment. I can program things. But man, I just, I was not gifted with the sales skills. And we've even tried to farm that out sometimes. But you've got several things going against you in our industry. I mean, even if you are like mainstream automation, you're still in a fairly niche market when it comes to a sales force or when it comes to a typical marketing company. It's, it's gonna take a lot for them to understand what you do. And actually, I'm gonna roll that into his next one, is he says, you can hire better people than you to work on the components of your business. And he's absolutely right there. And those two may seem a little contradictory. Is yeah, he says nobody can sell your business like you can, but you can hire people to work on the components of your business. Well, I can hire a marketing firm or I can hire, you know, somebody to do a certain thing, but really he is right. You've you've got to give them all the tools they need so that all they have to do is do what they're good at. And that's what I see a lot of people really fall down. And I'll say fall down even on automation projects is, you know, a company will say, well, we need this and then we will magically make so much more money by that piece of equipment. And then they get it there and they're like, oh, well, it doesn't magically run on its own. We actually have to train people to run it and we have to do this and, you know, all these things. And it goes along the, around the same line there. It's, yeah, when you, know, when you find a deficiency, especially you have, yeah, you absolutely hire somebody to do it, but also 
you've still got to have a little bit of a finger on the pulse to make sure that they're successful. Which actually rolls really well into his next one. He says, it's better to be an architect of your business than its manager. And this is such a great statement that until you get to a certain point in your business, you may not even understand. Because, you know, let's say you have employees and you're having these projects, and I just said, yeah, you definitely need to have your finger on the pulse of everything, is really quickly, you can just be a project manager who happens to have his name on the license for the company. And you don't want to be that because when you are constantly busy, you don't have the time to step back and really see where the company's even going. And a lot of times you can look up and be like, yeah, we're, this, is, this is not what we want. We want to be doing this. Well, a architect will be able to build that out and say, yeah, here's what we want to be. Here's where we want to be at. Whereas if you are a manager, all you're doing is trying to get projects in and out of the door. And that, that's not what you want to do as a business owner. If that's all you want to do, then you probably just need to find a good company to go work for that just happens to have that fit that you're looking for. All right, next Dave says, self-motivation is key, but you have to plan for it to work. And he's absolutely right there. And you know, probably early on in everybody's career, you know, we definitely don't have a lot of planning. You know, if it, in fact, I find most automation companies are starting out about the same way as I did, as far as the basics. They have experience doing it. They know how to do it. They're probably not maybe super happy at their company. Maybe they are, but they, they see that, you know, hey, I want to do something more or I want to go do this and I want to go do that. And so they're, they wake up in the morning. They're like, yeah, I am. I am ready to go. I want to go do this. But there's no, maybe not a lot of plan, really. They just slip their shoes on and they're off charging. Is really starting off, you probably need to plan your week. Eventually, you probably need to plan your month. You know, some people have to plan their, you know, plan their their work quarterly. But you do need to have a plan of, you know, what you're going to do. I mean, you can't just keep charging like a bull into a china shop hoping to finally get some business. And, you know, that, that one, that could actually be a good podcast is, you know, talking about planning, you know, because there's a lot more planning out there than just doing the work. I mean, you've got a plan to sell stuff. You've got a plan to, you know, pay bills. You've got a plan to, you know, do payroll. I mean, all that, all those little pieces have got to be done. And it's really easy for some of those, what appear to be less important things to kind of fall by the wayside if you're not kind of laying it out. You know, one thing I would add to this too, as far as self-motivation, one thing that helped me, and this, especially in the last year, man, people maybe think I'm crazy now, but I, every morning, whether I had somewhere to go, whether I had work to do or what, I got up and I got dressed like I was going to a job site. And that kind of helped me switch my mind to, it's time to get into work mode. It's time to get at it. Hopefully I had a plan for the day, whether I had work or not, and go through it. And at the end of the evening, yeah, then you can kick your shoes off and you're ready to go. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not 
saying you can't you know, just hang out in your flip-flops and do it, but I think mentally for me, that helped me get ready. And so that, that may have helped me with self-motivation. Next, Dave says, it's great to have a mentor or few who are invested in your success. It's even greater if they have been successful and know what it takes. And he's absolutely right here. And, you know, I really want to work on ways that we can grow, is it intercompany mentorships? What would it be if it's outside? I think that would be inter, yeah. Inter would be inside a company. Inter meant company memberships, which I don't even know if that's actually a term, (laughs) but it should be because, yeah, a lot of people even say with me that I'm, I'm growing my competition and, you know, they tell me I'm insane for doing this and okay, maybe I am, but you know, I I still want to do it. And, you know, there's always somebody mentoring me even now. And, you know, they do look at me and they're like, hey, Tim, I, I see you're helping this, you know, such and such out. Really appreciate it. You know, if you ever need anything, let me mentor you. So, I mean, it is a two-way street. But mentors are very important. And I think too many of us in the automation industry put up walls. As soon as we see somebody who's working for another company, where all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, they're the competition. Oh, no, I can't talk to them anymore. And I get it, there, there is competition, but one, we have such a shortage of people in automation. I mean, I really think, I don't see that letting up before I retire. I may be wrong. I'm not that old either, so <laughs> I still have a long ways to work. But I, I, don't, I, I don't think that's gonna be an is- issue. So, you know, maybe even you can brainstorm with me. How, how can we make it where it's easier to go to a company, maybe even go to your competition, you know, and just kind of lower these walls a little bit where we can kind of talk about jobs. I mean, and, you know, in the end, if we'll share information, we will all do a better job. I mean, I, I've said so many times, I, I get so tired of people saying that, you know, you kind of come up with an idea and then keep it closely guarded by your side. And I, I don't think so. I think, yeah, there are some revolutionary ideas that, you may need to guard, but for the most part, none of us are doing it that differently. And just like I can look at anybody's machine and I can find something better to do, or maybe I can find something that would be easier for them, then if I share that and they share it back with me, then it seems pretty beneficial to me. But mentors are important, and it's important that it's a variety. Um, Don't Get all your, don't have all your mentors be exactly alike, or mainly don't have them be exactly like you. And I'll even go a little further is maybe your mentors need to be a little bit in conflict with you. That way they can kind of always be kind of showing you, hey, here's, here's, the, here's the downfall of, your, of what you're thinking. You know, because that's really what you need. You know, you need to, you know, you need somebody who will look out for you and be like, hey, you're getting ready to make a big mistake. I've done this before here. But also, even when you're doing it right, it it's not bad to have somebody be critical of you. That's that's one reason, you know, I, I've, I've, I've learned to embrace my haters on, on this channel is, you know, still 90% of them, well, yeah, they probably need to have stupid written on their forehead, but that 10%, they actually make me 
do better. So to a point, I consider them mentors. But okay, Dave's final bit of advice is it's important to say no when your strategic plan doesn't allow for it. And man, this one is so important. You know, I um, you know, you start off in business, and you you probably, if you're like me, you know, you you see you need a business plan, and yeah, you end up horribly on the SBA's website, and you download their template, and really their business plan, and I say business plan, strategic plan, because I, I honestly, ours is probably closer to a strategic plan, but it's only about getting a bank loan. It, it's not about how to successfully build your business, and also, it is not about where exactly do you want to get from right now you're at ground zero where do you want to be in three years i mean they'll have projections on three years but really what is your what is your vision of what you want that business to look like and i never will forget you know when you start out in business you know you need you need work i mean you you desperately you've got it you gotta you gotta get some money in and that's that's important and i went on a job site and they're like, hey, yeah, the the furnace, it's not um, it's not running. The blower keeps the blower motor keeps kicking out. And I'm like, okay, so I go in there and troubleshoot just like I normally would, and come to find out the bearings were bad in this blower motor, and you, of course I'm hungry, so I don't say, well, your bearings are bad. Uh, you need to uh, you need to get somebody here to change it. I'm like, the bearings are bad. You want me to go ahead and change them? They're like, absolutely. We sure don't have time, you know, and about. About one in the morning, because I found out this job was way over my head, I kind it kind of clicked with me. I'm like, nowhere in my business plan does it say I should be tearing apart a blower and changing the bearings on it. And sometimes you need to realize that. And that's why you know I think I think it's important one that you have a truly operational business plan. And I gotta be honest, I don't think I will share my business plan. There's nothing secretive about it. But it's so insanely different than anything I can find on the internet. I, I can't imagine that it's done right. So I don't, I don't think I want to share that. But you've got to find something that you can lay out that helps you understand who you want to be as a business. And you need to review it. I mean, and I would say you need to glance at it probably once a quarter. But you need to like hardcore review that once a year and really look at what worked and what didn't and what needs to adjust on your business plan. Remember, this is an operating business plan. We're not trying to impress a bank here. So if there's something that looks nice and fun and fluffy on it and it just doesn't come true and you're like, nope, it's not gonna work, get it off of there. I mean, make it what is actually useful for you. And yeah, have it where it's you can look at it and say, yeah, Here's, you know, one, and it should have some financial goals, there's no doubt, but ours don't have a lot of really big financial numbers as much as what do we want to be? Where, where do we want to get to? What, what, you know, we, I guess, what was it, two years ago, kind of came up the vision for the PLC lab where we're doing training now. And that wasn't something I could just snap my fingers and be like, ah, okay, we're done. I mean, that took, that took a lot of training. It took a lot of transition. And that's what your business plan should have is what, what are we going to do to get where we want to be? And then, you know, maybe you're exactly where you want to be. But if you are still, 
you need to identify what is making it work. That way, when all of a sudden it's not working, you can kind of look back and be like, ah, here's where we went wrong. So Dave, I really do appreciate you sharing this valuable information on LinkedIn. And I will put a link to your LinkedIn profile down in the description. And any ideas that you guys have or advice that you have to share, please put it down in the comments and make sure you subscribe to our channel and like this video. Till next time. Hey, this is Tim. And this is Amber of TW Controls. We run the automation store. Hey, thanks for finding our channel. Here's a playlist with some similar videos. And YouTube thinks you'll like this video. Please like our video and subscribe to our channel. And if our videos have helped you make some money and you're not using our products, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Till next time. See ya.